Welcome into the Big Boy Sports Corner. I'm Randall Davis along with Nick Winstead. Coming at you this week with a bowl pick'em episode. Going to talk a lot about bowl picks, coaching carousel, Hendon Hooker snubbed for the Heisman, and get into a little bit about last week's episode and uh, go from there. How's it going, Nick? Hey, going great. Just winding down the school semester and um, been really encouraged by uh, the listeners and followers we're getting. Um, Hopefully that's something we continue to grow as you guys listen and you enjoy it. And hey, share it with your friends, share it with uh, your coworkers, people you know. Just uh, something we can get going. Absolutely. Well, looking at last week's episode, you know, we we talked a lot about Thursday night football, where we you know we looked at Buffalo and New England. We both predicted a win there from the Bills, and and that came true. Um, wasn't a real real close game there. Um, Talked a lot about championship weekend, right? Um, we we talked a lot about in, in that one about how, you know, it had some implications for the playoffs, right? And it did, but it didn't. Right. You know, yeah. the, the, the win for Utah over USC – was was a big implication because coming into last week, USC sitting four, um, they lose and and they're out, right? Well, something we talked about was TCU loses and are they out? Are they in? And I said I think they could stay in. I never expected them to stay at three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. USC getting uh, blown out by twenty something points. I mean, that obviously is going to knock them out. Uh, TCU losing, but losing in overtime by three uh, to a pretty good Kansas State team. So, you know, that keeps them in there um, and no worse for wear. They stayed number three. Ohio State bumps up the four. USC gets knocked out. And and I just – I know why they did it. You know, TCU loses. <clears throat> they don't move back at all. And – they didn't want to see an Ohio State-Michigan rematch. Right. And I understand that. It just happened a couple of weeks ago. As a Tennessee fan, it just <laughs> makes you think, what if? <laughs> Tennessee doesn't lose that game to South Carolina, you know, and Michigan beats Ohio State the week they do. Tennessee sitting four. Absolutely. And championship week happens, and what probably happens is Tennessee slides up to three. Yeah. And you're looking at a, a, a Georgia versus TCU and a Michigan versus Tennessee. You know, sign me up for that. Yeah, absolutely. a lot of people. A lot of people don't know this about me. I used to be a big Michigan fan. I, I'm not as much as I am. You know, not as much anymore. But you know, back in the Chad Henney, Mike Hart, Braylon Edwards days, mm. I was a huge Michigan fan. And you know, back in 2006, in the the big Michigan Ohio State game, number one versus number two. Um, but to see Tennessee and Michigan to have a chance to go up against each other would have been cool. You know, they've only played one time, Citrus Bowl 2001. Right. After yeah. Tennessee squandered an opportunity to go to the national championship by losing to LSU and Tennessee just beat the brakes off of them, right? So, but it's just – it's a lot of what-ifs, right? And, and could they have done anything without Hooker? I don't know. You know, I, I don't think they're quite as good without Hooker, but I still think they're a really good football team. They're explosive on offense and – they they just find a way to get people open and and can Milton find a way to hit some people? That's the key. We'll see against Clemson, right? Right. So also we had Georgia over LSU in a in a beat down. You know, early on it looked like that it might be close. Um, LSU went down, drove down, tried a field goal. Georgia blocked it, and Georgia took it to the house. 
you know, and then LSU responded with a 50-something yard touchdown. And uh, it wasn't close, very close after that. So, Georgia gets the win there. Tulane over UCF, Michigan over Purdue, like we kind of expected. So, that was last week. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about our picks um, in our <coughs> – excuse me. We'll talk a little bit more about our picks later on in our um, big boy corner pick segment and look at what our record was for the week and, and what we're going to pick on this week. But let's dive right into our College Bowl mania. College Bowl mania. Today we're going to pick, go through all the picks for the College Bowl picks. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the ones that we have a little more knowledge on, but we have went through and made a pick for every uh, College Bowl game, and we will talk about some of those now. So starting off, uh, Nick, we have – the first game that is going to be up, <coughs> excuse me again, sorry. We have Miami of Ohio versus UAB. Who you got there? I've got UAB. Um, got a new coach coming in, Trent Dilfer, who coaches in, in, in Middle Tennessee at Lipscomb Academy. Um, but I've got UAB beating the Red Hawks. Yep, I, I've got UAB as well there. Moving on to the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl, we got UTSA Roadrunners versus Troy Trojans. I'm taking Troy in that one. Troy with a good season, 11 and two. Um, you know, also UTSA at 11 and two, but Troy played this last weekend in the championship weekend and looked really good. Uh, so I'm picking Troy there. I've got. UT San Antonio, I really I see this uh, as a toss-up game. Both teams sitting 11-2. Both teams won their conference championship game. Um, could be a good early bowl game, uh, kind of under the radar. Absolutely. That's on uh, December 16th, so that will be next Friday. Another early one that I think uh, has some implications now especially, and we'll get into in the coaching carousel, is – December 17th at 11 a.m. is the Cincinnati Bearcats versus the Louisville Cardinals. Um, you know, Cincinnati loses Luke Fickle and replaces him with Satterfield from, from Louisville. So, you know, always been a little bit of a rivalry there anyways because of geographic proximity and and things like that. And so um, I'm going to go with Louisville. I, I think that losing Fickle, um, not sure if he's coaching the bowl game or not, um, I don't think he is. No, I don't think so. Um, not sure if Satterfield – I doubt Satterfield's coaching Louisville as well. So, um, I'm going to go with Louisville. My, my gut tells me Cincinnati um, just not having Fickle is going to be a little bit of a an array there. So, give me the Cardinals. I've got the Bearcats. Um, it's, it seems we're kind of going opposite ways on these early picks. But for all the, the reasons uh, you said you picked Louisville – you could go on the flip side and pick Cincinnati. You know, Louisville's coach is leaving. Um, don't quite know the, the health of Louisville's quarterback, who, when he's healthy and finishes a game, is pretty electric, but don't know if he can finish a game. Uh, so I'm going to go with Cincinnati. The next one down here, Cricket Celebration Bowl. This one, again, we you know, we keep coming into ones that, hey, this has got some news to it, right? We got the Jackson State Tigers versus the North Carolina Central Eagles. You know, three or four years ago, you would have said, I, I don't really know anything about those teams, <laughs> right? And, and that's just being honest. But Jackson State, 12-0, and 0, been coached by Deion Sanders, right, last couple of years. Well, he's gone now, and we're going to get into that in our, our coaching carousel segment. But uh, how do they respond, right? 
how mm. do they respond with with everything that's happened very in the news right everything that's happened with Dion he's been out there videos galore with him going to Colorado and how do they respond I'm still going to take Jackson State they've they've went 12 and 0 this year they've got some really talented players who Probably going to be wearing some Buffalo uniforms here soon, but um, I, I'm going to pick Jackson State. Yeah, give me Jackson State too. Uh, down to the Las Vegas Bowl, SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl on Saturday, 12-17. Shaping up to be a good Saturday, uh, December 17th there at 2.30. we got the Florida Gators versus the Oregon State Beavers. Give me the Beavers. I never want to pick the Gators. I, I hate the Gators, and I'm open about that. But also, I just don't think they're a very good football team. Anthony Richardson's already declared for the draft. Don't know if he's playing. Don't think it really matters. He's not a very good quarterback. Um, the fact that they played Tennessee as close as they did earlier in the year, I, I don't think it was – you know, looking back on it, Tennessee has struggled to beat Florida for years, right? Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a great win for Tennessee because they just weren't very good. Um but Oregon State playing well at the end of the year, 9-3, and three, ranked number 14. Give me the Beavers. Yeah, give me Oregon State. Uh, had a huge comeback win in the Civil War against Oregon. Uh, down multiple scores, come back to win. So, yeah, give me Oregon State. Down here, in, uh, again, on Saturday, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented by Stifle. We got the Washington State Cougars versus the Fresno State Bulldogs. Washington State coming in at 7-5. and five. And the Bulldogs coming in at nine and four, uh, decent little mass matchup. But I'm going to take Fresno State in this one. I think they're playing well. Um, they played on Championship week Weekend, if I'm not mistaken, against Boise State. Boise State, and that was one that you know, growing up in the time I did, you know, my my prime teenage years, Boise State was dominant, right? Absolutely. They won some big Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, and so, on the surface, you just kind of assumed, well, oh, Fresno State, they're going to get beat by Boise. But they went in there and got a win, you know. And um, so, I'm going to pick them. Uh, I'm going to pick them to win that bowl game. Yeah, give me Fresno State. Went in last week to Boise State, Albertson Stadium, uh, and beat, beat the Broncos on their home field for the Mountain West Championship. Uh, give me the Bulldogs. The Lending Tree Bowl. Lending Tree Bowl is uh, Southern Miss, Golden Eagles, 6-6 six and six versus the Rice Owls. One of the few teams that made a bowl this year at 5-7. and seven. Um, I'm going to take the Golden Eagles. I, I think that, um, you know, 93% of the people on ESPN right now have picked them. And it's two teams I don't know a lot about, I'm going to be honest. I, I mean, Southern Miss, you think of Brett Favre, right? right. That's about yeah. the last thing. Um, Larry Fedora was mm -hmm. there. Um, but I, I'm going to take the Southern Miss in that one. Yeah, Southern Miss. The New Mexico Bowl matchup between the SMU Mustangs and BYU Cougars. Um, SMU, you know, seven and five coming off of the last couple of years after Sonny Dykes left to go to TCU. BYU started off the year and they played. Um, who was it that they played early? BYU. I feel like they played a pretty big game early on this year, but you know they're they're back and forth, right? They they tend to. They tend to – some years they've, – they've had some years where they, they start out. and So, they played Baylor early. I'm, I knew there was a team. They played Baylor early, beat them 26-20. to 20. Um, Oregon, they lost to Oregon. Uh, went on a really 
tough stretch of four losses to Notre Dame, Arkansas, Liberty, East Carolina, and then finished out the season with three straight wins. So um, you kind of never know what you're going to get there with them, but uh, I'm taking BYU. Give me the Cougars against the Mustangs. Yeah, uh, give me BYU as well. Um, the comeback as a program period that SMU has had since the death penalty uh, before our time has been pretty good. You know, for them to be consistently in a bowl game is great, uh, but give me BYU. Moving on to the Frisco Bowl, you've got the North Texas Mean Green and the Boise State Broncos. By the way, one of the coolest names in college football, the Mean Green. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty, pretty cool name, but I'm going to take the Broncos, and, and there's a couple reasons. Obviously, some of the things we just talked about, right, Boise State has the tradition, but also North Texas just fired their coach, set the trail, he's out. He's been there for a little while and, and had done a, done a decent job with them. You know, took them to seven and six this year. Um, Boise State nine and four, but I'm going to take the experience and um, give me the Broncos. North Texas, which used to be called North Texas State, uh, alma mater of Mean Joe Green, uh, Hall of Fame defensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, also where Stone Cold Steve Austin played college football uh, back in the day before he got into the squared circle. Uh, all that being said, give me Boise State. Absolutely. Moving down to the Myrtle Beach Bowl, got Marshall Thundering Herd versus the Yukon Huskies. Yukon, that's a good story there. You know, a resurgent uh, team there um, this year, 6-6. Six and six. Uh, First time they've been that good in, in years, you know. And um, Jim Mora coming in there doing a pretty good job. Um, but Marshall – you know, looking at them, they're not eight and four, and got a big win early in the year over Notre Dame. I'm going to take the Thunder and Hurt. Yeah, give me give me Marshall. Uh, like you said, UConn being in a bowl game is a small miracle uh, after the past few years they've had. Um, so that's that's a great story for him to be in it. But give me Marshall. Moving down to the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, the Liberty Flames, Toledo Rockets. Liberty obviously um, reeling a little bit without Hugh Freeze. They've made a new hire. Uh, Toledo coming off a big win over the Bobcats this weekend. And uh, give me Toledo. I'm going to take Toledo on that one. Yeah, give me the Rockets. Uh, Liberty started out 7-1, um, uh, ranked nationally, and then just – nose died after the freeze rumors were going around and then the freeze news came out so give me toledo absolutely moving down to the new orleans bowl rnl carriers new orleans bowl we got the west western kentucky hilltoppers versus the south alabama jaguars really good year for south alabama at 10 and 2 um give me the jaguars i think it's going to be i think it'll be a good game i think it'll be a high scoring game um you know both of those teams tend to score um, a lot of points, but I think that South Alabama will will have a good have a, have a better game and probably score a little bit more and give me them over the Tyson Helton led Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Yeah, give me South Alabama, go USA. Absolutely. Um, moving down to the Armed Forces Bowl. Speaking of the USA, we got the Baylor Bears versus the Air Force Falcons. Um, Baylor coming in at six and six. The Air Force Falcons coming in at nine and three. You know, looking at Baylor's, you know, just on the surface at six and six. 
you think, ah, it's not a very good year, right? And so you get into looking at some of them. They beat Texas Tech. They beat Oklahoma. Lost to Kansas State. Kansas State had a good year. Yeah. TCU, obviously, in the playoff. Lost to Texas, ranked team. Right. So I think that when you, you, you know, kind of dive into it, they, they really – they beat Albany early in the year. They lost to BYU. That was, you know, not the best loss. Lost to West Virginia, maybe their worst loss on the year. Um, you know, Air Force 9-3, and three, but I'm going to take the Bears. Yeah, looking at Baylor, 6-6, um, six and six, you think his, you know, historically in our lifetime, that's a pretty good record for Baylor. Uh, but in the past few years, they've been under Matt Rule – under Art Browse, you know, ranking the top ten, double-digit wins. Preseason top ten, uh, a top ten team. When they played BYU and lost, they were number nine. Uh, but like you said, they've had some some tough losses against some good ranked teams. And, man, playing any kind of service academy, whether it be Army, Navy, or Air Force, playing that triple option, something you – no one in the Big 12 runs that. Uh, Georgia Tech did, but they don't run it much anymore. Um, that's tough to prepare for, but you've got multiple weeks to prepare for it. And I think Baylor will just out-athlete out the Falcons. Give me the Bears. Moving on to the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. What a mouthful. <laughs> Looking at – that's going to be on December 23rd. That's the Wake Forest Demon Deacons versus the Missouri Tigers. Uh, Wake Forest coming in at seven and five, Missouri coming in at six and six. Wake Forest man been all over the all over the place this year, right? They they've played at times like they were a, a easily a top twenty team in the in the country, and then they've lost games, and you thought, man, that team doesn't really deserve to be on the field. You know, Louisville beats them forty eight to twenty one. Um, they beat Army forty five to ten, beat Florida State by ten when Florida State was ranked. You know. Took Clemson down to the wire. That was a really good football game. That was the week of the Florida-Tennessee right. game. I remember watching that one. Um, beat Liberty by t- by a point. Beat Vanderbilt. So, early in the year, you know, they start off one, two, three, and one. Then they, they beat Florida State. They beat Army. So, at that point, they're six and one, right? Yeah. Um, after the Boston College game. Well, then they lose to Louisville. They lose to NC State. They lose to UNC. And they lose to Duke late in the year. Here's what I know about Wake Forest. 36.8 points per game offensively. It's 16th in the nation. Um, Defensively, 29.2 points per game defensively. That's 83rd in the country. Right. So, they like to score, but they don't like to stop people from scoring. Right. You know, then you look at the other side with Missouri. They score 25.5 points per game. Um that's 83rd in the country, so they're not scoring at a huge clip offensively, but they're only giving up 25 defensively. So, um, you know, it's going to be a battle of two different types of teams. We obviously saw Missouri earlier in the year when they played Tennessee, and Tennessee just absolutely embarrassed them, right, 63 points. I don't think that they can slow down Sam Hartman if he plays. I know there's some there's some things out there that he may not. He's looking at grad transferring next mm. year. But I'm going to take the Demon Deacons, and I think it's probably a two-touchdown or more game. Yeah, give me Wake Forest. Like you said, just everything about Missouri screams we want a 24-17, 21-10 type of game. And everything that Wake Forest says – 
they want to score 40 and give up 35. And I just – I don't think Missouri can score 35 on anybody. They haven't truly all year. Outside of Louisiana Tech earlier in the year, they scored 50 or whatever. But um, defensively, they've played pretty well outside of the 60-something points that Tennessee hung on them. And I think Wake Forest – while not a Tennessee offense is that similar type that wants to score points. So give me the Demon Deacons as well. Moving down to Christmas Eve at 8 p.m., you got the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, facing the San Diego State Aztecs in the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. How did MTSU get so lucky? They get to leave <laughs> Tennessee in right. December. Now, Tennessee's no, you know, Colorado. It's no Michigan. It's no right. Montana. But, look, it's – we're sitting here currently in Tennessee, and it is, uh, I don't know, 45, 50 degrees and just rainy and nasty, Pouring right? Rain. They get to go to Hawaii. Yeah. So, yeah. they won the bowl just by getting there, right? Right, right. Um, but, you know, MTSU 7-5, and five, not a bad season for them. San Diego State 7-5, and five, led by Brady Hoke, you know, former Michigan head coach, second, second stint there. I'm going to take San Diego State in that game. Like you said, Middle Tennessee getting out of – no offense to Murfreesboro, wonderful town, growing uh, exceptionally large. But if you've ever been to Middle Tennessee in December, it gets dark at about 4.15, okay? So they're going to sunny Hawaii uh, to play a bowl game. You know, my my cousin is a Middle Tennessee State alum. Our head coach, Philip Shad Owens, is a Middle Tennessee State alum. It's in Tennessee. That's really – I'm going to pick Middle Tennessee State because of those factors. Yeah, that's a never a bad idea. You know, I, I like to stay in the home state too, but I'm trying to be objective here. <laughs> Looking at the quick lane bowl, New Mexico State Aggies versus the Bowling Green Falcon, Falcons. You know, looking at New Mexico State, that's a team that has been really, really bad at times over the last, I don't know, 10 years. But you go and look and, and got a huge win over Liberty late in the year. That was when all the rumors were starting with Freeze and uh, leaving and, you know, played Missouri the, the week before that, 45-14, which, you know, for an SEC team versus New Mexico State, it's not a terrible game. Right. Beat Lamar, beat UMass. Uh, playing a Bowling Green team that, you know, traditionally Bowling Green's kind of known as the team that loves to go try to score points, right? They have have been through some, you know, different coaches, but Scott Leffler, he's been there for a few years now. And just looking at their their schedule, you know, this year they have scored 17-57 when they lost to Eastern Kentucky earlier in the year. They won against Marshall with 34, lost to Mississippi State, beat Akron, lost to Buffalo, and then went on a little three-game stretch against Miami of Ohio. If, if I remember correctly, I think that was who Scott West thought was going to win the I believe match. so, yeah, and that, they did not. That did not work out. Uh, Central Michigan, Western Michigan, lost to Kent State, beat Toledo. So, a Bowling Green team that's better, right? You know, they, they've, they've – been down at times um, over the last few years as well, but I'm going to take the Falcons against the Aggies. Yeah, give me the Falcons too. Uh, New Mexico State being in a bowl is is very similar to UConn, just not being a good program. Uh, former Minnesota Gophers head coach Jerry Keel is now at New Mexico State, so he's he's brought them back uh, to six and six, brought them back to a bowl game. They 
they came into Lexington, Virginia, and, and obliterated Liberty. Um, but yeah, give me Bowling Green. Moving on to our next bowl game that we're going to talk about, we're looking at the Camilla Bowl, Camellia Bowl. I guess that's the Camellia Bowl. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I know one thing: it's the Georgia Southern Eagles versus the Buffalo Bulls. Georgia Southern uh, been a good team over the years. I, I believe they've not been division. They've not been FBS for a long, long no, time. No, not very they long. Were, they were a pretty dominant FCS team for a mm-hmm. long time. And um, Buffalo Bulls, obviously, uh, that's where Lance Leopold came from. It's right. at Kansas now and has really turned them around. Um, was was a coach that was rumored to be a potential coach to come here to Tennessee when they hired, hired Heupel. Two teams that are both 6-6. Six and six. I'm going to take the Bulls just based on – the competition. I think they probably played a little bit better teams this year in their conference. And um, give me the Bulls. Yeah, give me the Bulls as well. Coming out of the MAC, which is usually pretty competitive. Um, Georgia Southern being a team that's had, had some success of late, but not been an FBS team very long. So give me Buffalo. Moving down to the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, the Memphis Tigers versus the Utah State Aggies. Uh, I'm gonna take the the. State of Tennessee in this one, like you did in the last one the, there with MTSU, I'm going to take the Memphis Tigers against the Aggies. Yeah, give me Memphis as well. Going down to the, the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl, we got the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers versus the East Carolina Pirates. Coastal Carolina, like a bunch of teams we've talked about here, you know, they've had a coaching change. Uh, Jamie Chadwell moving over to Liberty to replace Hugh Freeze. Nine and three this year. I'm still taking Coastal Carolina. I think that um, they're a really good football team. And uh, I think East Carolina, you know, they've been relatively consistent the last few years. They seem to always get to a bowl game. And um, But give me the Chanticleers. Yeah, this is a, a matchup that is, is interesting regionally. Uh, East Carolina being in, in Greenville, North Carolina, Coastal Carolina – in Conway, basically in Myrtle Beach, pretty close to each other. Um, I just wonder, and you you kind of see it from time to time, teams that their head coaches left, um, how motivated they are. So just based on that, I mean, I could easily see Coastal Carolina winning, but I'll take the Pirates of East Carolina. And I misspoke. I, I had I looked at the wrong note there. This is actually the first time East Carolina has been to a bowl since 2015. So, you know, not a team that gets there every year. So, good season for them, obviously, to be able to make it there. Um, I think that's a I think that's a good pick for you. I, I do think this is going to be a good game down in Birmingham. I don't think that this is one that – if Chadwell was still there, I, I think that it would be a pretty easy pick. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that with yeah. him leaving, it was, it was harder for me to pick Coastal Carolina, but I'm still going to roll with them. Moving down to the guaranteed rate bowl, we got the Wisconsin Badgers versus the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Both teams, or I'm sorry, Wisconsin coming in at six and six, Oklahoma State coming in at seven and five. Obviously, Wisconsin, you know, coming through has went through a coaching change mid year. Mm-hmm. Um, lost Paul Christ, Jim Leonard takes over their defensive coordinator, um, who last time I checked was potentially staying on as defensive coordinator. Right. Um, but you look at their season, lost to Minnesota here at the end of the year, beat Nebraska, lost to Iowa, beat Maryland, beat Purdue. Um, 
you know, lost to Michigan State, beat Northwestern. So they back and forth, back and forth, back and forth all year, right? And then you look at Oklahoma State. You know, I, I think Oklahoma State's pretty similar. Um, what do you see about what? What are you seeing with Oklahoma State? Uh, Oklahoma State's a team that always pretty consistently uh, top twenty-five teams, sometimes a top ten, um, and in years past has been even the top five team with uh, under Mike Gundy. But they've experienced some injuries at quarterback this year and have really not lived up to uh, the preseason expectations you know sitting at seven and five finished four and five in the conference um started out the year five and oh uh beat central michigan beat arizona state beat arkansas pine pine bluff beat baylor texas tech lose to obviously uh, a team that's in the playoff tcu in double overtime tight game yep lose to a good texas team 41 34 and then goes to manhattan kansas and gets obliterated Yep. Uh, 48 to nothing, lose to Kansas, um, lose to Oklahoma, lose to West Virginia. So, in their last five games, they're one and four. Yep. So, And I think the thing you have to look at is, you know, if you look on ESPN, 80% are picking Oklahoma State, right? Right. Well, here's the things that we know. Spencer Sanders is leaving. Mm-hmm. He's already put his name in the portal. Um, and a lot of times when you get a new coach like Fickle, even though he's not going to coach the bowl game, right? there's an excitement about it. Hey, what can we do to show this coach what we can be, right? How 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 hard can we play for our new guy? He's going to mm-hmm. be here watching what can we do. Um, for those reasons, and with Leonard, who Fickle thinks enough of to want to keep there, right. being the guy in charge, I'm going to take the Badgers. Yeah, give me Wisconsin as well. And looking down at the Military Bowl presented by Periton, we've got the UCF Knights led by Gus Malzahn versus the Duke Blue Devils. Um, I'm taking the Knights in this one. Yeah, give me Central Florida. Um, I think Gus Malzahn, I think that's a good fit for him. Um, Duke has had a pretty successful year being 8-4 and four, um, since Cutcliffe had left. But, yeah, give me Central Florida. Moving down to the Auto Zone Liberty Bowl, we have the Kansas Jayhawks versus the Arkansas Razorbacks. Both teams coming in at six and six. Seventy-six um, percent of the people are picking Arkansas. I'm going to roll with them. I think that you know KJ Jefferson, as long as he's fully healthy, he's going to be too much for Kansas to deal right. with. You know, is Jalen Daniels, I can't remember, was he out for the year? I know that – I think he was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were really rolling when Jalen Daniels was playing. Um, he did come back against Texas, so it looks like he um, could potentially be there for that game, especially with the amount of time that they're going to have off. So, that will help them. And, and like I said before, I do think that Leopold's a really good coach. Um but I'm gonna take the Razorbacks. Um, Sam Pittman. They're gonna get a little, you know, get down nitty gritty, move some people up front, and and give me them the Razorbacks in that game. Yeah, this is two teams um, that have relatively new head coaches that have both done a pretty good job. Leopold at Kansas, Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Um, but typically, um, SEC teams have more more talent, more athletes uh, than than a Kansas team would. Uh, so give me the Razorbacks. Moving down to the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, we've got the North Carolina Tar Heels versus the Oregon Ducks, a battle of 
two teams that have shown flashes this year of being good football teams, right? They're, they're you know, went back and forth on Oregon was 9-3 and three at one point. You know, lost to Oregon State mm-hmm. last game of the, the year there. and um, But they were they were a top ten team most of the year. Bo Nix played really well at times, was in the Heisman conversation. Right. North Carolina, Drake May, unbelievable. You know, yeah. had they not lost four games, I think he's squarely in the conversation. I don't know. Maybe they just put Stetson Bennett in. Yeah, but yeah. That's, we'll that's talk about that later. <laughs> um, but I'm going to take Oregon here. I think that – um, what Lanning has done, um, being able to continue on. You know, you look at what Cristobal had done there. They were they were good. Yeah. And he leaves and goes to Miami, and they're just terrible. Yeah. You know, Lanning comes in, and there's always that potential for new coach, system change, new quarterback. What can happen? And they keep they keep rolling. Um, Nine and three this year. I'm gonna take the Ducks. Yeah, give me Oregon as well. Uh, North Carolina sitting at nine and four, lost in the. ACC championship game to Clemson. Uh, Drake May's been playing outstanding. Um, Mac Brown, kind of a, a career revitalization after Texas kind of unceremoniously showed him the door. Um, but, yeah, give me Oregon, a lot of speed. Bo Nix, good quarterback. Um, give me the Ducks. Going on down to the Tax Act Texas Bowl, we've got the Texas Red Raiders, Texas Tech Red Raiders versus the Ole Miss Rebels. And Kiffin we trust, right? Uh, you know, Lane <laughs> Kiffin, former Tennessee coach, and when he left here he was really hated. But he's really, in all, in my opinion, and a lot of people may not agree with me, he's really easy to like. He, he's he's funny on Twitter. He plays a really, really fun brand of football. Yeah, um, yeah. Watching Ole Miss is always fun. Zach Evans, um, you know, back there at – Running back, dart at quarterback. Give mm-hmm. me the Rebels against the Raiders, Red Raiders. Yeah, give me Ole Miss as well. Um, Lane Kiffin's one of the best offensive minds in college football. And in 2010, in January, if you'd asked me my opinion of Lane Kiffin, I probably had some choice words when he left Knoxville in the middle of the night. But, yeah, what what he's done at Ole Miss, uh, winning 10 games last year, sitting at 8-4 this year, um, that's not really an easy place to win. Uh, you're playing Alabama every year. You're playing LSU every year. You're playing Arkansas, A&M. The West is pretty tough. Uh, but, yeah, give me give me Ole Miss. Give me Lane Kiffin with a, a month to prepare for a game. I'm pretty sure he can draw up some things to score a lot of points. Yeah. We're going to rapid fire these next five. Bad Boys, Mowers, Pinstripe Bowl, Syracuse, Minnesota. Give me the Golden Gophers. Yep, Minnesota. Cheez-It Bowl, Oklahoma Sooners, Florida State. Who you got? Blow, blow, Seminole wind. I'm going to take the Sooners. I I know that that's not a probably – 9% of people have picked that one, so I'm in the vast minority, right? (laughs) But I just feel like Gabriel's going to play well. Give me the Sooners. Uh, Alamo Bowl, Texas Longhorns versus the Washington Huskies. Uh, Matchup of two top 20 teams. Who you got? Uh, give me Washington. I'm going to take the Longhorns. Duke's Mayo Bowl, the Maryland Terrapins versus the NC State Wolfpack. Give, you got? give me uh, to his little brother in Maryland. I agree. I'm going to take the Terrapins. And then Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, the Pitt Panthers versus the UCLA Bruins. Who you got? UCLA. Me as well. I'm going to take UCLA. Looking at the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, we'll talk a little bit about this one. you got the Notre Dame Fighting Irish versus the South Carolina Gamecocks. 
South Carolina ruined Tennessee's year, so I don't like them. But you're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, some specifics. Notre Dame, you know, started off the year 0-2. Lost to Ohio State, which that's understandable, right? And then they lost to Marshall. That's a bad loss. Yeah. But after that, they won nine straight games. Reeled off nine before losing to USC. So looking at their team a little bit, Drew Pine has 2,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, six picks. Pretty efficient, right? Mm-hmm. Two rushers over 700 yards with digs and S time. Um, so statistically, a pretty good team. South Carolina, losses were to Arkansas, Georgia, Missouri, Florida. Arkansas and Georgia, not bad losses. Right. You know, now Arkansas is a 6-6 six and six team. Florida is a 6-6 six and six team. Missouri is a 6-6 six and six team. Yeah. But I think Arkansas is a little better than that 6-6 six and six record. Right. Missouri and Florida aren't great losses, especially the Florida game. I mean, they yeah, they got beat thirty eight to six in the and swamp. Couldn't move the football. I mean, no. it looked like they were allergic to gaining yards. <laughs> Correct. And they just went ahead and turned that around the next week by just getting as many yards as they possibly could against the Vols. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Spencer Rattler's still throwing for yards yeah. at Williams Bryce Stadium right now. It, you know, and so they got wins over UT and Clemson. But if you look at their statistics, Rattler threw for twenty seven hundred eighty yards. 16 touchdowns, 11 picks. Now, before the Tennessee game, it was something like seven touchdowns to eight interceptions or six touchdowns to eight interceptions. So, last two games of the year were really good for him. They do not have a rusher over 600 yards. They have one in the 500s in their next one, which is Bell, who played tight end for him. Right. Less than 300, who also yesterday entered the transfer portal. Mm. So, he can come to Tennessee if he wants. Good sure. Good-looking good kid. We're losing um, a couple tight ends. Yeah, I will, I will take him in a heartbeat. So, talking about those two things, on ESPN, 51% of the people have picked the Gamecocks. I think that's a recency thing. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of two wins. And, and here's what we know, though. Satterfield is leaving to go to Nebraska. Maybe coaching out the rest of the – you know, the through the bowl game. But, remember, he was real close to losing his job. There was a lot of – you know, stuff out there about Marcus Satterfield losing his job. Um, I'm going to take the Irish in this one. Give me the Notre Dame fighting Irish against the Gamecocks. I think it will be a, a tough, gritty game. I don't see this being a, you know, 42 to 39 game. I think it's more of a 24 to 21, 24 to 17 type game, but I'm going to take Notre Dame. Yeah, give me Notre Dame as well. Uh, give me the Golden Domers. Uh, again, like you said, recency bias. The last two games South Carolina's played – they beat two top ten teams. They beat Tennessee like a drum. Spencer Rattler had 438 yards and six touchdowns. And they go into Death Valley and they beat Clemson. He had 360 yards and two touchdowns. Before that, like you said, he was very pedestrian. Uh, he had two games at the end of the year that were spectacular. Um, with a month to prepare, again, that's a double-edged sword with a bowl game. You've got a month to prepare. The other team also has a month to prepare. Uh, so with a month to go to prepare for a bowl game, I think Notre Dame comes in with a game plan to put some pressure on Spencer Radler and make them run the ball, which they can't do. So uh, give me Notre Dame. And then the last one we're going to talk about today is the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, Ohio and Wyoming. Give me the Bobcats. Yeah, give me give me the Bobcats as well. Sitting at nine and four, Wyoming seven and five. 
Um, Wyoming's not a team that's in a bowl game super often or winning a bunch of games. Even when Josh Allen was there, uh, they still weren't, you know, winning nine, ten games a year. Uh, so give me Ohio. And that'll be it for our bowl picks today. What we're going to do with the New Year Six Bowl and the semifinals is we'll have that on a separate special. Um, that way we can get a little more in depth into the the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, Music City. Um, and, and then our semifinals with the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. So that's it for the Bowl Pick Mania today. So we're going to move on now to our coaching carousel. Before we do that, though, we want to make one mention of something. Uh, posted this on our Twitter and Facebook page, but we're going to have a giveaway. We're going to do a $25 gift card giveaway for someone following our Twitter or Facebook page. So... That's going to happen when we get to 500 overall listens, and we're getting we're we're quickly getting there. So, what that means for you guys: share, like, follow our our podcast on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, wherever you get those. If there's somewhere else you you use and and we're not on there, let us know, and we'll get it there. Um, so make sure when this gets posted, share it out there, and that $25 gift card will be of your choice. Whatever works best for you, we'll make it happen. So uh, make sure you get that um, and give us a follow and a share. So moving on to the coaching carousel, um, you know, a few that we want to hit on um, specifically. It's, it's always a crazy time of the year, right? Um Coaches moving around, big names leaving places, big names getting fired. Um, obviously, Luke Fickle to Wisconsin, Hugh Freeze to Auburn, Dion, Coach Prime to Colorado. Mm. Um, those are probably the three biggest that have happened so far. So let's dive a little bit into it. Let's talk about Fickle first, Nick. Yeah, Fickle uh, did a, a great job uh, at Cincinnati, 57-18. and 18. That, that numbers, the, the loss number's a little inflated. He went 4-8 and eight his first year at Cincinnati. Um, but since then has been 53 and 10. Um, in 2021, took the Bearcats to the college football playoff. Um, that's unheard of for a, a group of five non-power five school uh, to be in the playoff. So did a fantastic job and has obviously coached in the Big Ten before. Had the one year at Ohio State where um, Trestle gets let go. And then uh, Urban Meyer comes in in 2012, so he he takes over in 2011. Goes six and seven, has a lot of close losses. So as as coached in the Big Ten before, defense coordinator played in the Big Ten. Um, so him going to Wisconsin, I think, could be a, a very successful hire. And the West is very winnable. In the in the Big Ten East, you've got Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Obviously, those top three, pretty good. Michigan State year in year out is is decent, uh, but in the West. You know, you're competing against Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska, which just hired Matt Rule. Uh, so I think it could be something where Fickle can have a lot of success. I think he's that Big Ten type of coach. Um, and Wisconsin's a team, a program that has been very successful in, in recent years. Uh, took a little little dive this year, but still 6-6 six and six under an interim coach. Um, I think he can – he can bring Wisconsin back to that Rose Bowl conversation, that win in the Big Ten West and playing in Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, I definitely think that Fickle's going to bring a, a new style to, you know, he's a defensive-minded coach, obviously mm -hmm. defensive coordinator at Ohio State under Trestle and, and um, 
Urban Meyer, I guess, at one point. Yeah. You know, and um, but they're going to be relatively exciting on offense. They're they're going to do things differently than what Ohio or Wisconsin's done. But they're going to play hard on defense. They're going to be hard nosed and and uh, fly around to the football. And so I think it's a great hire. I think he's a perfect fit for Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to Freeze to Auburn. You know, looking at Hugh Freeze. You know, obviously he's at Ole Miss. Gets in trouble for mm-hmm. for the escort stuff. Um, goes and and kind of tries to redeem himself at Liberty, and then he's pretty successful at Liberty. Um, you know, the thing always is, and we know this about. Uh, college football in general is how can you recruit Mm -hmm. can you get the guys there and then once they're there how do you develop them right you can have the best recruiters in the world butch jones could recruit right that staff could recruit but they didn't develop right they they, their schematics weren't very good and once they got here they didn't get any better Mm -hmm. people always talk about well it's easy to win at alabama when you got the best recruiting classes well they also turn those cats into football players right they're they're they turn you know they take five-star athletes and turn them into NFL football players, and that's why you look through the league and, and they're scattered everywhere. Yeah. So can Hugh Freeze get people to the planes first and foremost? Mm-hmm. And then if he does, can he develop them? I think it was a great um, thing for him to do to keep Cadillac there. I yeah, think that absolutely. Just to know what Auburn is, you know, obviously Carnell Williams was there, um, part of some of their best teams. Um, probably their best running back in in Auburn history outside of, I don't know, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. Um, to be in that conversation is pretty good, right? So yeah, absolutely. To to have that guy on your staff to to say this is what Auburn football is about. Come come play for Auburn, and we're going to make you a better football player. Um, can he stay out of trouble? Can right. is he going to do those things? that he says he's going to do, or is he going to revert back to what he was doing? He hasn't done it at Liberty, but right. we know Liberty is a very conservative <laughs> right. Christian college that Auburn is not. So, Correct. And it doesn't have the pressure that playing in the SEC West does. So I think that Auburn went out and hired the best football coach. Yeah. I think that Hugh Freeze is a really good football coach. Mm-hmm. I think that he knows how to coach football. Um, he can recruit. Can he stay out of trouble? I think is the big key. Yeah, um, you think of, of Freeze's time. Uh, started at Arkansas State and was successful. Went to Ole Miss. Um, if you look at games played on the field, win loss, he was thirty nine and twenty five. Uh, beat Alabama back to back years and almost a third, um, and was scoring forty plus points a game on Alabama when they were not giving up forty plus points a game. Um, so he he can the guy can coach football, the guy can recruit outside of uh, illegal activities. He can he can recruit. He can get guys to places. Uh, did did well at Liberty, thirty four and fifteen. Uh, had Liberty Liberty ranked in the top twenty five for two or three years. That's 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 pretty special. Um, but on the the flip side of that, you're playing Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Arkansas, Texas A&M, for now, for every year. Now, obviously, when Oklahoma and Texas come to the SEC, we'll see a, a change up in divisions. Might not be divisions, but whatever it is, um, he's it's a tough schedule, but it's a schedule he's played before when he was at Ole Miss. So, I believe he can be successful if he can keep his nose clean. And then the the last big one, you know, there's some other ones that we'll mention, but Dion to Colorado. 
you know, you kind of kept thinking, is he going to wait around for Florida State? Right. Florida State was a little better this year. And um, Colorado was not the one I would have picked that Deion Sanders was going to end up at. And for all the stuff that's already came out, the videos of him in, in meetings with them and – uh, you know, I'm bringing my luggage, and it's Louie, right? You know, he's mm-hmm. he's he's talking about he's bringing bringing some of the the players with him, and already got a five star commitment. And whether everything he's doing is the right way, because he's going to tell you how it is. You yeah. know, that's and and not everyone likes that. Not everyone's going to be all for that. I think he's going to be successful. I think that he. He's going to have connections. I think he's got NIL connections. He's going to bring in good coaches. His offensive coordinator he's hired was Kent State's head coach. So, Kent yeah. State's head coach has stepped down as a head coach to come be offensive coordinator. Right. Um, you know, he's bringing in his his son as the quarterback. The rumor is that Hunter, the defensive back receiver that was the number one overall pick or recruit that went to Jackson State is going to, is going to transfer. And so – you know, I certainly think that Dion has a, has a great chance to be successful at Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is – if this was the same move made five years ago, we wouldn't be talking about all of these transfers. And if they did, they would, you know, have to sit out. But now in this, in this day of the transfer portal and NIL, guys can move around quite a bit. And that's a conversation for another time, uh, talking about NIL and transfer portal. But – if nothing else, and I do think Dion can be successful at Colorado. If nothing else, he's going to make Colorado football relevant again. I mean, they were one and eleven this year, like historically bad on defense. Uh, Five hundred and something points given up on the year. It's like forty-four point five points. Yeah, it was just terrible. So if if nothing else, and like I said, I do think he can be successful there. If nothing else, he's going to make Colorado football be in the news. And just to mention a few other ones that we're not going to get all, you know, we've already mentioned some of them. Jamie Chadwell moves on from Coastal Carolina to Liberty after Freeze leaves. One that's, you know, hits home here, mm-hmm. um, Alex Golish to South Florida. You know, leaving here as offensive coordinator to go down there, happy for him to, to be getting his chance to lead a program, and I think that we'll be fine here at Tennessee. I think yeah. – the obvious in-house choices to promote the quarterback's coach, Joey Halsey, mm-hmm. um, you know, for him to he, – he's sat by him in the booth for the last two years. He's been with, with Heupel since he played for him at Oklahoma. Um, that makes the sense to me. And then you go try to hire a tight ends coach right. that, that can recruit and do those things. Uh, we talked about Satterfield to Cincinnati. Ohio State's offensive coordinator got hired at Tulsa, I believe. Mm-hmm. So – It'll continue um, to ramp up, and we'll continue to talk about it in in later episodes. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with um, did Hendon Hooker get snubbed for the Heisman? We're going to talk a little bit about NFL recaps from last week, uh, Thursday Night Football. We'll talk a little bit about MLB free agency, the Power Five, and we're going to do our big boys corner picks. So we'll be back in just a little bit. Welcome back to the Big Boy Sports Corner. I'm Randall Davis with 
Nick Winstead. We're going to jump right back into did Hendon Hooker get snubbed for the Heisman? Nick, I know you're passionate about this, so what do you think? <laughs> what do I think? How much time do you got? Oh, we don't have uh, all day, right? Um, so, preseason, Hendon Hooker was a, an outside Heisman contender. As the year goes along, um, he's putting up great numbers, and his odds keep going up and up and up. Top three, top two, at one point the favorite to win the Heisman. So he gets injured um, in the fourth quarter against South Carolina, and Heisman candidacy apparently derails. They stop talking about him on national sports media, about being the Heisman finalist. Um, his name just – disappears except they say hey Hendon Hooker's out for the year of the torn ACL so if you look at pure numbers okay you've got Caleb Williams quarterback from USC CJ Stroud quarterback from Ohio State Max Duggan quarterback from TCU since a common theme here quarterback 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 and Stetson Bennett quarterback from Georgia so uh, Williams stats you know, almost 4,100 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns on the ground, great stats. Uh, C.J. Stroud, 3,300 yards, 37 touchdowns, six picks, also good stats. Uh, Max Duggan, 3,300 yards, 30 touchdowns, 400 yards on the ground, six touchdowns on the ground. So, good stats also. Uh, then you've got Stetson Bennett in 13 games, 3,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, 67.9% completion percentage, seven touchdowns on the ground. Then we look at Hendon Hooker's stats. And football, any sport, but football is a statistically driven sport. If you put up numbers, that means obviously that you have succeeded at your position. So in 11 games, Hendon Hooker, 3,135 yards, 69.6 completion percentage, the highest of any of these five guys we're talking about. 27 touchdowns, two interceptions, so the least number of interceptions of anyone, 430 yards and five touchdowns in 11 games. One less game than Stroud, two less games than Williams, Duggan, or Stetson Bennett. Now, obviously – do I think Hendon Hooker wins the Heisman? If I take my orange-colored glasses, my Tennessee fandom off, do I think Hendon Hooker should win the Heisman? I think Hendon Hooker should be in contention to win the Heisman. If you look deeper at statistics, okay, against top 25 defenses, all right, Hooker's 3-1 and one against top 25 defenses. Stetson Bennett's 1-0. and oh. C.J. Stroud's 3-1, Duggan's 1-0, and Caleb Williams is 1-2 against top 25 defenses. So if we look one step further, okay, let's just think the obvious. Our comparison of Hendon Hooker, Stetson Bennett, okay. Hendon Hooker against top 25 defenses was 90 of 130, for 1,150 yards, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions. So that's against Pitt, Bama, Kentucky, and Georgia. Okay. So Stetson Bennett, in the one top 25 defense he faced, 
13 of 19, 116 yards, and an interception. Stetson Bennett went four straight games that didn't throw a touchdown pass. Yeah, I certainly think that the, the, my biggest complaint is it was almost like they threw him in there because he was the quarterback on the best team. Absolutely. You, know, you, you hear that a lot about NFL MVPs, and, and rightfully so. A lot of times those guys, why are they the best team, you know, and because they have that guy on their team. But you look at Hendon Hooker stats, and, and a stat that I thought was – Interesting. He threw it 120 times less than Caleb Williams. Correct. A lot of that is they played one less game. Right. He played two less games and really mm-hmm. two and a quarter. Yeah, Because absolutely. he didn't play against – I guess it's one and a quarter. One and a quarter. Is that right? Uh, the Vanderbilt game, South Carolina, the right. rest of it, plus the SEC ch- – or the they played the Pac-12 championship. Right. So, yeah, two and a quarter. So, in two and a quarter games, 120 more passes. But also, Caleb Williams threw the ball, had to play in the fourth quarter in a lot more games. Right, absolutely. You know, they they had a lot of games where in the fourth quarter it was tight. And, you know, you look at Hendon Hooker, and he didn't play in the fourth quarter against UT Martin. He didn't play in the fourth Mm. quarter against Akron. He didn't play in the fourth quarter against Ball State. He handed the ball off a ton in the fourth quarter against Kentucky. Right. Missouri. Missouri, you know, 63-point 60, game or 65-point yeah. game, you know, didn't have to throw the ball a lot. But had Hooker thrown the ball as many times as Caleb Williams, he would have had 1,200 more yards, 10 more touchdowns, maybe one more pick. Right. So he would have had 4,200 yards, you know, and – that second, to, you know, that SEC championship game was never going to happen. But if he played no. for one and a quarter more games, he certainly has 500, 600 more yards. Yeah, probably, yeah absolutely. Five, six more touchdowns. Yeah. You know, he, he could have easily thrown five against Vanderbilt. They oh, walked sure. all over him, you know. Right. And so, I, I certainly think that they – no different than the college football playoff rankings. They need to really look at the criteria and say mm-hmm. – Here's the criteria for who we're going to pick, regardless of injury. You know, I had the conversation this week. I think they're – take Hendon Hooker out of it. I think there are a couple more guys who were more deserving than Stetson Bennett. Yeah. I Blake, certainly think Bryce Young. Blake Corm, right back in Michigan. I think Drake May was on the edge. Now, yeah. they lost four games, and, and that probably hurt his chances. Right. But statistically, you know, Drake May was, was really impressive this year. And so – I certainly think that Hendon Hooker got shafted, and and you hate to see that for a guy who – I think all you really need to know is he is the first team All-SEC quarterback. He's the Offensive Player of the Year. Right. Stetson Bennett is not. No. He wasn't first or second team. No, Bryce Young was second team. But somehow he made the Heisman finalist. Right. And this is – and listen, this is not heap criticism on Stetson Bennett. Is Stetson Bennett a good quarterback – Absolutely. Sure. Good quarterback. Decent numbers. Plays on an exceptionally great team with four and five star talent, blocking for him, catching his passes, you know. Um, so this is not heap, you know, uh, criticism on Stetson Bennett. This is heap criticism on the voters who did not think Hendon Hooker's statistics. And who he had those statistics against worthy enough to have an invite. Yeah, and I think the way I've thought about it at some point this week was this. Switch their teams. Put Hendon Hooker at Georgia. Right. They're probably still 13-0. Uh, yeah. 
yeah. and and put Stetson Bennett with Tennessee. I certainly don't think that they no. are ten and two. No, seven, I, eight wins maybe. I, I don't think that he fits in what they do, but I think Hendon Hooker. Now, Hendon Hooker didn't perform as well when he was at Virginia Tech. And, right. You know, it was a godsend for him to come over here and, and be in an offense that fits him. But, man, at Georgia, you got Brock Bowers. You got Washington that you're mm-hmm. able to throw to. You got a, you know, plethora of running backs that can you can feed the ball to. So, I certainly think that. You know, you switch their places, and and you're looking at a, a very similar Georgia team and a totally different Tennessee team. Absolutely, absolutely. So that that's enough of that. We could probably talk for for days about why we think Hooker was snubbed, but for you Tennessee fans, we wanted to throw a bone out there for us Tennessee fans, <laughs> me and me and Nick ourselves being ten, Tennessee fans. But what we want to do now is move on to a new segment called the Power Five. What we're going to do with the Power Five is. Every week we're going to have a top five that we we go over, and, and that's going to vary. It's going to be sports-based a lot of times. Sometimes it may be, hey, what's your top five movies? You yeah. know what's, But this week we're going to look at top five NFL teams right now. It's it's a conversation that you know we, we've had a couple times over the last few weeks and think there's a chance that we've got a lot of similar teams, probably in mm-hmm. different orders, um, but just a, a good conversation to have getting into the late part of the season here and interesting to see how it changes moving forward. So here's my top five, and I'm going to give an honorable mention to a couple teams. Um, One of these teams I honestly think would maybe be a little bit higher up if their quarterback wouldn't have gotten hurt. Um, I talked about it with you last week. The San Francisco 49ers, I have them as an honorable mention. I think that their defense is incredible. The way that they play, Bosa, you know, and they've had a lot of injuries at cornerback, you know, lost Emmanuel Mosley for the year, um, lost another cornerback and and have been, I think, Jack Rabbit Jenkins got Mm -hmm. picked up by them on the practice squad who had retired from the Titans last year. But their defense is really good. But I I just – Interested to see what they can do without Garoppolo. You know, for as much flack as he got in the offseason and coming back in, Trey Lance starting the season then getting hurt. They've really been clicking of late. Still got a big win Sunday even after he got hurt. Mm -hmm. But interested to see where they can go. Um, The second other – the other team and and second best record in the league, and I don't have them in the top five, but it's the Minnesota Vikings – they got trounced by the Cowboys, and it's hard for me to get that out of my head. Mm-hmm. But they're a really good football team. Um, Kirk Cousins is playing well. Justin Jefferson, um, Dalvin Cook, they, they've got some weapons. Again, another team that plays well defensively outside of that Cowboys game where the Cowboys kind of did whatever they wanted to do. But moving into my top five, I've got the Dallas Cowboys at number five. I, I toyed with moving them a little higher. But, you know, after they scored 33 unanswered against the Colts, um, hard not to have them in the top five. Just want to see them kind of continue to be consistent. Number four, the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs are always going to be there. Uh, You know, they're going to be one of the two or three teams in the AFC competing for the AFC championship team. Uh, Right now I've got the Cincinnati Bengals at number three. Mm. You know, two big wins in a row, beating the Titans, and then following that up, beating the Chiefs last week. Um, you know, the Bills at number two, I went back and forth on this. I know that 
They've struggled at times. Lost to the Jets a few weeks ago. Struggled on Thanksgiving. But they still keep finding a way to win. Right. And it's a quarterback-driven league, and I'm going to ride with Josh Allen as often as I can. Um, and then number one, I, I don't I don't know that, you know, besides their loss to the Commanders, they've, they've looked really, really good. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts has looked really, really good. Um, A.J. Brown had the redemption tour against the Titans. <laughs> that was sure. a dumb pick on my part, picking them uh, the Titans over them. Devontae Smith, um, Miles Sanders at running back, looking really good. But I think right now, Philadelphia Eagles are your number one team in the NFL. Uh, Winstead, who you got? We have the exact same teams, honorable mention, and one through five, but I've got different orders. Uh, my honorable mention, San Francisco, eight and four. Um, like you said, playing great defensively, playing well enough on offense against Miami, scored 33 points with Brock Purdy at uh, quarterback. Be interesting, again, to see going forward um, what kind of team they can be. They can run the ball. Um, they've got Debo Samuel to throw to, Ayuk uh, to throw to, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield, Juwan Jennings. They've got some, some guys to throw to. They can run the ball. They play good defense and – Especially in the NFL, that's a recipe to win. That's yeah. definitely a recipe to win. So, being interesting to see going forward, they've got Seattle that's knocking on the door right behind them uh, in the division. That's another good team that you could possibly, you know, a, a top 10-ish team right now. Uh, I've got Minnesota, as an honorable mention, again, 10-2. and two, But, man, one of those two losses was by 30-something points to Dallas. I mean, just absolutely – rocked them uh, but have have looked good in other games um like we said you got cook uh, to run the ball and throw the ball to justin jefferson being really good adam thielen who feels like he's been there for 37 years is still there and kirk cousins who when you think of the lexicon of of top nfl quarterbacks most people are not going to throw kirk cousins name out there but he's he's played well through his career playing well now for Minnesota, uh, my top five, and and five through two, honestly, I could have put these in any order. Um, I just kind of put them in this order, thinking about what they've they've done of late. Number five, I've got uh, Buffalo. So again, they could be four, three, or two. I've got them at number five. Uh, got a big game. That sounds really weird to say. A big game against the Jets coming up this week. A uh, team they've lost to earlier in the season. So if they can find a find a way to win this game, get some separation perhaps in the AFC East. Number four, I've got Scott West Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, big win against Kansas City on Sunday. They've beaten Kansas City pretty consistently the past couple of years. Beat them in the playoffs last year. Beat them in the regular season. Beat them um, this past Sunday in Cincinnati. So I've got them at number four. I've got – the team that I just talked about that the Bengals beat at number three, Kansas City at nine and three. Um, still number one scoring offense in the NFL, even without Tyreek Hill, even without in the first half against the Bengals, Travis Kelsey was held without a catch. But still, at any time, they can hang 40 points. Uh, I've got Dallas at number two, and – I'm not a Dallas fan by any means, but they've got two running backs. That, you know, Ezekiel Elliott 
and Pollard that can run the ball. Um, Dak Prescott, when healthy, is really good. They've got guys to throw to it. Dalton Schultz at tight end is a is a kind of the under the radar. You don't think of him in the same like George Kittle, Travis Kelsey tight end conversation, but he's a good under the radar tight end. Defensively, they've played better, um, and then they're coming off an absolute beatdown of Indianapolis. I was watching that game the other night, and Indianapolis had just scored. It was twenty-one to nineteen. I was like, I'm going to go to bed. Whatever. Woke up the next morning, and it was 54-19. to 19. So, I've got them at number two, and then number one, Philadelphia. I mean, they're 11-1. Miles Sanders basically single-handedly beat me in fantasy football the other week when he had about 87 touchdowns, and or what felt like 87 touchdowns. But, you know, Philadelphia number one. It's, it's hard to dispute 11-1, the one loss being to the Commanders. But even then, the Commanders are – seven five and one now so a, a team with a winning record so that's my top five yeah uh interested to see where that's at in a few weeks we'll kind of re re-hit that and um you know, talking about the cowboys tony pollard man unbelievable he yeah. he's he's been you know with ezekiel elliott being hurt um tony pollard has been just a he's going to be someone if they decide that they want to keep rolling with ezekiel tony pollard's going to make some big time money somewhere so that is our Power 5 segment for the week. Uh, again, we'll we'll continue to uh, hit that every week with a new top five of some sort, sports-related or entertainment-related. And now we're going to move on to our big boys' corner picks. We did this last week. Um, we ended our big boys' corner picks from week one with a Winstead. You were at 6-3, and three, me 5-4. and four. You know, we had a lot of similarities, but – we both lost TCU, and then I got you with the USC-Utah pick. You did. The Titans killed me, as always. <laughs> and um, UNC-Clemson, it was close for a little bit. And yeah. then clemson Cade Klubnick came in, and they said, uh, see you later. Yeah. So, end of the week um, with Winstead one game up. This week we're going to be picking eight games, um, NFL only. And so, we're going to go ahead and get started with – Thursday night football that'll be coming um, whenever you all hear this podcast. We got the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Rams. Two teams different. That's still weird. Not yeah. Oakland and St. Louis, but right, right. Um, you know, two teams that Raiders got them got them win last week. Rams, man, they're just a team to have won the Super Bowl yeah. last year and to turn around and have the year they're having this year is crazy rams picked up baker mayfield um interested to see what that does with stafford being hurt and can that give him a little bit of life but i'm rolling with the raiders on thursday night football yeah give me the raiders uh they've won three in a row and the charger or not excuse me not the chargers the rams uh have not won three in a row they're sitting at three and nine uh went back and looked i was just curious teams that have Won the Super Bowl and the next year had a losing record. It's not unprecedented, but it's it's not very common, especially at this level where they're sitting at three and nine, uh, 12 games in and got three wins. So, yeah, give me the, the Raiders. And Josh Jacobs is playing so well. I mean, he's yeah. running back. He's He's been, been really, really good for them this year. Moving on to Cleveland, Cincinnati, the Battle of Ohio. Um you got Deshaun Watson's second game coming in. Didn't look real good in week one. Obviously, hadn't played in a year and 
over a half. Right. Um, you know, I'm sure he's going to continue to knock the rust off. But, man, the Bengals are, are playing really well. Jamar Chase was back last week. Joe Burrow's playing well. Mixon still didn't play very much, if at all. I don't, I don't remember. against. Mm. I think P. Ryan was in there pretty much the entire time I was watching it. But you get him back and you've got P. Ryan and Mixon with Higgins and Boyd and, and uh, Jamar Chase offensively. If they can just protect them, they're, they're going to be tough to stop. So, give me the Bengals. Yeah, give me Cincinnati. Moving on to battle of the AFC South. I'm going to be honest with you, it's hard for me to pick the Titans right now. I'm a big Titans fan, but, man, they have looked terrible of late. Cannot run the football. Just do not seem to want to get any kind of push up front. Very obvious what they're doing at all times. They've gotten into a very run-run pass, you know, um, habit. Derrick Henry's is coming off the field on third down pretty much all the time because they're in third and long, you know, so they have to bring Hilliard on to give them some kind of passing threat out of the backfield. Um but the Jaguars got throttled by the Lions right. last week. I think the Titans right the ship this week and, and um, lengthen their lead in the AFC South, so I'm going to pick the Titans in this one. Yeah, the Titans might be one of the most, if you want to use an adjective, dysfunctional division leaders right now. Just fired their general manager this week. Um, sitting at 7-5, and five, which – you don't feel super great about, but they play in the AFC South, which is not very good. You got the Colts sitting at four wins. You got the Jaguars sitting at four wins. You've got Houston sitting at one win. Um, so it's a it's a super weak division that I feel obviously that the Titans can win and will win. Uh, and I've got them picked this week to get win number eight on the season. Another interesting game that we're going to pick, Tampa Bay-San Francisco. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, Bucks pulled out a win, you know, six minutes to go, and it's 19-6, to six, I believe, was yeah. the score. And all of a sudden, Tom Brady marches down, gets them a couple scores, and they win. But they just – speaking of dysfunctional, they just – Tom Brady's yelling at people on the sidelines and screaming and cussing and, you know – he he doesn't have the cats around him with the exception of Mike Evans, you know, mm-hmm. um, that that he's accustomed to, you know, especially right. since he's been in, in Tampa Bay and um, San Francisco again. You know, you're you're rolling with Brock Purdy at quarterback. What can you do? Can your defense continue to play well? I think this is an interesting game, but I'm going to go with the 49ers in this one. Yeah, give me the 49ers as well. Uh, Tampa Bay's a team again. Very similar to the Titans that they're going to win their division. They might win it with eight or nine wins because the NFC the NFC South is also just terrible. Um, but, yeah, give me San Francisco this week. Baltimore-Pittsburgh, little rivalry game there for the AFC North. Um, you know, interesting game. You would ask me this three weeks ago. I would have said, man, it ain't going to be close. But now you got Lamar Jackson who's who got hurt last week and left the game. I think I saw it was a strained MCL or, mm-hmm. or something of the sorts. Um, Pittsburgh's been playing a little bit later, better of late. Yeah. You know, beat the Falcons last week. Um, got an incredible coach, Mike Tomlin. You know, I, I think he's he's one of the top ones in the game. And uh, I, I'm going to pick the Steelers in this one. I might come back to regret this. Uh, but I'm going to pick Baltimore. Um Another, no other reason than really um, 
kind of recency. Um, Baltimore, again, Baltimore-Pittsburgh, historically you think about when uh, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Lodi Nada and Kruger, those cats were playing defense for Baltimore. And you think about when Ben Roethlisberger was playing for the Steelers and Troy Palomalu and, and those cats defensively for Pittsburgh, man, that was a the black and blue, knock them down, drag them out uh, type of game. It's kind of lost a little bit of that luster now. Pittsburgh is is kind of on the uh, decline a little bit, trying to figure out um, the quarterback of the future after after Roethlisberger's retired. Tyler Huntley looking to be starting for the Ravens this week with Lamar Jackson out. Don't know exactly how long Jackson's going to be out, but Harbaugh seems to think it's not a season-ending injury. Um, so I'm probably going to end up regretting this, but I'll go with the Ravens. Another interesting, another interesting game. Jets Bills. You know, Jets got the Bills three or four weeks ago. Mike White, Mike White, Mike White, yeah, been playing really well um, for for the Jets. Um, but I got the Bills in this one. I think that they're going to be looking for revenge for that loss a few weeks ago. They're going to want to establish a little bit of dominance in the AFC East. You know, especially with the Dolphins getting a loss last week, I think they're going to want to lengthen that. Mm-hmm. lengthen that lead and also they're number one in the AFC right now so yeah. they want to continue to win and try to get home field advantage so give me Buffalo against the New York Jets yeah the Jets um, have seemed to found a little spark offensively with Mike White at quarterback uh, and the team has seemed to rally around Mike White at quarterback I saw a video of the of the players getting off the bus and wearing Mike White T-shirts. I don't remember him wearing Zach Wilson T-shirts very much. Um, and then in a start, he he's had two starts and one start, had 300-something yards, didn't play as well in his second start. Um, but this game being in Buffalo, give me the bills. Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants. Not going to spend a lot of time on this. Giants have been better. Um, Brian Dayball doing a pretty good job up there yeah. with the with the Giants. But I got the Eagles rolling in this one. Yeah, give me the Eagles. And then our last one, New England Patriots versus the Arizona Cardinals. You know, two teams that uh, they just scream mediocrity to me. You know, both teams are very, very average football teams in my opinion. Um, But I think the team that's a little better than the other one is going to be the Patriots this week. Yeah, give me the Patriots as well. Arizona has, in the past year and a half, has – been on the decline. Started out seven and zero, eight and zero last year, and, and finished you know, eleven and eleven and six or whatever they did, losing in the playoffs. This year, not very good. Uh, I think they might be in the sweepstakes to get Sean Payton as a head coach. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that uh, Cliff Kingsbury better go ahead and start packing up. I think his his time's <laughs> probably pretty limited there yeah it might be time to head back to college yeah well that's it for the big boys corner picks for this week we will update you on facebook or twitter after all those games have been contested to see how we finished up this week and what our running total is and that's it for the big boy sports corner this week uh just a reminder once we get to 500 listens we are going to be giving away a 25 dollar gift card to someone who follows us on facebook or twitter We'll put that into a random name generator and spin that wheel and see who wins it. And that'll be a gift card of your choice. So make sure you share it out, follow us, give us a like, let your friends know about it. We're also going to have a 
um, New Year's um, Six bowl game um, special, Super Bowl special, as as well as our weekly, you know, every Thursday podcast. So be on the lookout for those. And as always, thanks for joining us this week on the Big Boy Sports Corner. Until next time, y'all be good.